0: samuel or first samuel chapter number three and uh, we've been taking these journeys of faith i've been enjoying them because it helps me in my life to see what certain people did in their journey and today we're going to take a look at the life of the man by the name of samuel and uh, we're in first samuel chapter number three and we're going to look at the first verses here in this chapter so you read along there or look in your outline the bible says in verse one The child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision, and it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see, and ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, here am I. And he ran unto Eli, and said, here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lay down, and the Lord called yet again Samuel. And Samuel arose, and went to Eli, and said, here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be if he call thee. Thou shalt, uh, that thou shalt say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel answered, speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do a thing in Israel at which both the ears of every one that heareth it shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile and he restrained them not now we see a lot of things going on in this particular passage this morning but the child as he's identified here samuel when you study the word of god and you go back two chapters that's really the first time that we learn about samuel now you remember and we'll hear about this this morning even in our morning service that Samuel's mother her name was Hannah and back in in the days of Hannah and her husband uh, according to the Word of God Hannah was barren she was without child and she wanted a child so bad and she was constantly in distress because of her inab- inability to bear a child now again sometimes God chooses this for certain couples and certain families that God does not allow or does not grant them to have children. The Bible says children are an heritage of the Lord. But you have to understand that, again, Ever that's the instinct of how God has made women is to bear children. And so Hannah, like so many, she was in distress because she could not have a child. So what did she do? Well, the best thing she could have done, she went to the house of God, the tabernacle, and she begged God for a child now we know God answers prayer in his time in his way, and as as she goes there the Bible says in verse number eleven that of uh, chapter one that she made a vow to God and that vow that she makes to God is that if God would give her a son that she would give him back to God that he would serve God all of his days. now think about that that here's her prayer request is God, I I want a child so badly, and in the process of that, God, if you give me a child, I'm going to give him to you. Now, a lot of times people think, well, why in the world ask for something if you're going to give it away? Well, that principle is so real in the life of a Christian is is that, look, we came into this world, Job said, with what? With nothing. So everything you have right now, God has given it to you. And what does God ask us to do with that which he's given to us? To give it back to him. See, we are just stewards. When I think of even being a father of four children, God gave me my children to raise for him, to steward for him. It's a wonderful thing to come to this understanding. And in her own way, that's what Hannah realized was look, I, I don't have a child, and if I am going to receive a child, it's going to have to come from God, and if God gives me that child, I'm going to give that child back to God. And that's exactly what took place. Uh, Samuel uh, was that child that God gave to his mother, and Samuel in his life, well, what did he do? Samuel then, as he served God, he demonstrated great faith in God. He, he demonstrated great surrender. Uh, because what did he do with his life? He did exactly what his mother said he would do, is he served God. And we sing that song all the time, I Surrender All. We sing that song quite often. And you think about it, listen, a lot of times we'll surrender this, we'll surrender that, but we'll keep something. And yet Samuel gave his life to serve God. Uh, our tongue should praise God. Uh, our hands should should be a part of serving the Lord, our feet, our eyes, our ears, every part of us, especially our heart. You know, we we should say this, God, I'm all in. When it comes to serving you, I'm all in, every part of me. The Bible does tell us that we should present our bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. So that's exactly what Samuel did. And during the reign of the judges, uh, if you you notice in the word of God, the tabernacle, the house of God, was in a place called Shiloh. That's why this particular lesson is called the journey to Shiloh, because that's where Samuel ended up. It was in Shiloh that God, listen, I, I realize Eli was the priest at the time, but really it was God that raised a man who would stand for him, in the middle, in Samuel's day, it was a religious and it was a political day of corruption. You say, boy, I bet you Samuel had, had it easy in his day. No, 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 it was very difficult, just like it is even in this day. Uh, you know, I, I, I had somebody ask me recently, and, and, and again, I'm, I'm not going to get all into this, but uh, it was about a, a man that I know, and he's pastoring a church, but he's running for office. I I don't get that. It's hard to be a politician and be a pastor. The two go together like oil and water. And, you know, God's called me to pastor. I'm not interested in running for office. Uh, you know, God put me here to to try to be an under shepherd to this particular flock, this this body of believers. And when we think about this, God was the one that was raising Samuel. Now he was under the tutelage of an older, uh, more seasoned individual. And notice it began, first of all, with the calling of Samuel. And we just read this story, how how Samuel is young and he lays down, he's he's going to bed, he hears this voice and and he he takes off and he goes to the older priest, Eli, and and he says, you know, did you call me? And, And, you know, of course, you know, Eli says, no, I didn't call you, go back to bed. And so he goes, he lays down, he hears it again. He thinks it's Eli again. He thinks maybe he's old and becoming senile. He goes to him again and he says, Yes, did you call me? He says, No, I didn't call you. Go lay down. And this happens three times. And finally, Eli perceived that maybe it was the Lord dealing with him, maybe it was God that was calling him, and, and so Samuel was trying to get some sleep, but the Lord was calling him, and Samuel, the Bible says here that he didn't, at this particular time, he didn't know the Lord as he would would eventually come to know the Lord. How many of you remember when you got saved, you knew you got saved, but, but God really, outside of salvation, God hadn't been working in your life, he didn't really fully understand what God's purpose was for his life, but yet God was starting to deal with him. The Bible says the word of God was not yet revealed to him. Look at verse number 10. The Bible says the Lord came, this was after three times, and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel, and then Samuel answered, speak for thy, what's that word? Servant Servant heareth. So the Lord stationed himself, positioned himself so that, I really believe this, so that Samuel could see who it was that was calling him. I've never seen the Lord, but I have had times where God has stood and God has made it very clear to me that he was calling me to do something. And I still believe that God is calling people today. I still believe God wants to call others out. There was a man that was caught in a flash flood and as the waters began to rise, like so many, he, uh, he, he, he tried to get as high as he could in his house and eventually the water kept rising and rising. So he climbed up in the attic and he ended up uh, uh, knocking a hole in the roof of his house and he was on top of the roof of his house and the water was rising and rising and all of a sudden this boat comes down by his house and there's a man in the boat and the man says to him, he says, hey, look, come on, get in the boat. He says, I'll, I'll save you. I'll get you to dry land somewhere. And, and the guy said, no, no, no. He says, I'm waiting for the Lord. And so the guy leaves. He thought, how foolish. And then all of a sudden he hears this noise and he sees a helicopter coming towards his house and and the helicopter gets near, and and, and they open up the door to the helicopter, and and they said, uh, hey, listen, we'll throw down a ladder. Why don't you climb up, and we'll get you to safety. And he says, no, no, no. He says, thank you, but I'm waiting for the Lord. Well, the water kept rising. Eventually, the man drowned. When he got to heaven, he, he, he was standing in the presence of the Lord, and he says, God, I don't understand. He says, why didn't you come for me? Why didn't you rescue me? And God said to him, he says, well, I I sent a boat and I sent a helicopter for you. And a lot of times God is calling us, but we don't recognize what God is saying to us or what God is speaking to us. And people ask, well, I just don't understand why God doesn't speak to me. Well, there are ways that God can do that. Again, not an audible voice. But what do you hold in your hands today? You hold the words of God if you're saved today, who lives inside of you? The Holy Spirit of God. See, God speaks to us. God uses individuals. God uses circumstances to speak to us, to deal with us about certain things. And oftentimes, just like that man that drowned, we're too occupied and we don't hear when God calls. But see, in Samuel's life, he was just trying to get a night's rest. And God says, Samuel, Samuel, I have something for you. See, it began with the calling of Samuel, but notice the holiness of God that I see in this passage. D.L. Moody said, A holy life will make the deepest impression. Lighthouses blow no horns. They just shine. When you think about the life that God has given to us, the Bible says, Let your light so shine. God wants us to understand he's a holy God. Now, again, Samuel is trying to be respectful. He is answering to Eli, the priest, but the Bible tells us here, 1 Samuel 3, that Eli had allowed his sons to bring wickedness into the house of the Lord. And he knew their sin. Listen, dads, he knew their sin, but he did nothing about it. God's never going to bless that. You know, that's why the Bible tells us, even in the church, that if there's something that's not right in the church, that, listen, you cannot allow that just to continue. Sin must be dealt with. Now, there's different ways that we can do that, and there's there's different levels that the Bible talks about. But Eli chose to ignore the sin that was in his family. Look at verse number 12. The Bible says, in that day, I will perform against Eli. Notice the word against all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. Now, do you get in that verse, God had already let Eli know how bad his house was. God had already told him, hey, you need to get your house in order, Eli. Your son's are living wicked lives and dads were responsible for our families and god had already showed this to him verse 13 for i have told him that i will judge his house and look at these words forever for iniquity the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile and he restrained them not spare the rod spoil the child right a lot of times we don't deal with things that we know are our god-given responsibility we ignore it and listen i'm going to tell you something if you let it go it's just going to continue to get bigger and get bigger and get bigger we've got to see the importance of this because god is a holy god god stated here that he had made a pronouncement against eli and and he did it to this young man samuel i mean can you imagine samuel thinking Listen, I didn't sign on for this. You want me now to go tell Samuel or go tell Eli? God, you want me to do? Listen, it it was a difficult thing for, for Samuel to do this, but yet it was something that God was asking him to do. Why? Because up to this point, and this is a great thing to think about, Samuel to this point, as far as we know, his life had been clean. In other words, the Bible talks about he was a vessel that was fit to be used by God. God doesn't use dirty vessels. God only uses clean vessels, prepared vessels, holy vessels. So look what it says here in 2 Timothy 2 in your notes. In a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor, some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these. He shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. That was Samuel. Samuel had prepared himself. He had kept himself right in the sight of God. From his childhood, Samuel had kept his, listen to this, he had kept his heart, his mind and his body pure. God says, I can use you. You know what the Lord's looking for in our lives? God's looking for someone he can use. I know that a lot of times we think about things in our past, things that we've done. Hey, listen, that's why the Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If there's something in your life today, listen, I don't know about you, I want to be used by God. I don't want there to be something in my life that would hinder God working or would, listen, would stop the work of God in in my life and in this church. So we want to make sure that we are fit to be used by God. Samuel had a reverence, and I, I love this. His life at this particular point was quite the opposite of Eli. Why? Because Samuel had a reverence for the things of God. See, if if Eli still was that way, then he would have done something about his sons. Look what it says in 1 Samuel 2 and verse 22 there in your outline. Eli was very old and heard all that his sons did unto all Israel and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with Men. You get it? Samuel was, was a young man. Look, there was, the, you know, you think about the pull, the pressure. A lot of times, even, even our, our children and young people today, how everybody else is doing it, so it must be okay. No, listen, this was a day of political, religious wickedness. And Samuel says, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. I think i'm just going to keep my heart in tune with god and that's why god could use him look he was understanding the holiness of god look at verse 17 in in this chapter god states another purpose for samuel was not only to serve him but look at this in verse 17 and he said what is the thing that the lord has said unto thee i pray thee hide it not from me god do so to thee and more also If thou hide anything from me of all the things that he said unto thee, and Samuel told him every wit and hid nothing from him. The Bible says he said, it is the Lord, let him do what what seemeth him good. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him and did not let none of his words fall to the ground. Do you get the the story there? Eli knows that God had said something to Samuel. And so Eli says, look, Samuel, tell me everything God said. Now, by the way, it shouldn't have shocked Eli because God had already told Eli. So all it was, was it was Samuel telling Eli what God had already told Eli. Do you get it this morning? And and listen, you know what, what... God was not only calling Samuel to serve him, but God was calling Samuel to speak for him. You see, you think about us. God's given us his word, right? So we have the word of God. So why are we here? We are here to proclaim the truth. We're here to tell others that God loves them, that Jesus died for them, that they can repent of their sins and go to heaven. See, God wants us to be just like John the Baptist, a voice crying in the wilderness. God not only wants us to serve him, but God wants us to speak for him. We need to see how important this is because when you think about Samuel speaking for the Lord, that was the true test of a prophet of God was, listen, not just to reveal some of what God said, but to reveal all. Remember what Eli told Samuel? He says, Don't miss any detail. Tell me everything God told you. And the Bible says he told him every wit. He told him everything. You know, it's easy to tell certain things to people and have to leave out other things because we don't want to hurt them. But listen, if it's something that God is saying, then we need to tell people all of what God says. Look, Look what it says in Deuteronomy 18 again this is dealing with the prophets of the old testament but the prophet which shall presume to speak a word in my name which i have not commanded him to speak or that shall speak in the name of other gods even that prophet shall die and if thou shall if thou say in thine heart how shall we know which uh, which the lord hath not spoken when a prophet speaketh in the name of the lord if the thing follow not nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken. But the pro, But the prophet had spoken it presumptuously, thou shalt not be afraid of him. So God says, look, one of the things, and that's what he saw in Samuel, was is Samuel became God's representative to the children of Israel. And what God wants you and I to be today, this is what he calls us in the New Testament, ambassadors for Christ. That means we have been given the message, the word of God, and we are to take it to people. Now listen, it's not always going to be received well. You know, we went out yesterday and we were going house to house. I, I, I really don't like knocking doors during the month of October. Because I'm going to tell you something, people, their houses are Creepy. A couple weeks ago, I was out and I went up to a door and I, I, I rang the bell. I pushed this button and the thing was in the middle of the door. And when I pushed the button, it opened up and there was a huge eye with blood veins on it. And it made this noise. And I mean, I probably jumped like three foot back. But people need to hear. Listen, folks, if we don't tell them about the love of God, will they ever hear? Romans chapter number 10. How shall they hear? except someone be sent. We need to make sure that we understand that God is still calling, just like he did in Samuel's day. God wants us to be his representative. Listen, we, we live in a world very similar to the world Samuel was living in, and we've got to see that God wants us to do his bidding while we're here. So notice what Samuel does. Notice, secondly, the cleansing of the people. Now, when when you look at this, the first this is really one of the first acts of Samuel, and it was one of his greatest acts. And I see it begins uh, with first of all a conditional covenant. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter seven in verse number two, it came to pass when the ark abode in uh, Kirjath Jearim that the time was long, for it ha- it was twenty years, and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying if you do return unto the lord with all your hearts then put away the strange gods and astaroth from among you and prepare your hearts unto the lord and serve him what's that word only and he will deliver you out of the hand of the philistines so god is is giving this conditional covenant notice the word if samuel's telling the people if you return, remember, he, he is being used by God in his day. He's saying, look, if you turn away from your gods, if you cleanse yourself, then God will heal. This, this covenant that he gives to them, it was centered around Israel's removal of the idols that they had allowed into their lives. And the same thing is true in our lives, that if we would come clean with God, uh, the Bible tells us that that he will hear from heaven and he will heal our land. How many of you think America needs to be healed, right? Why? Because of all the sin, everything that we've allowed into our country, our homes, our lives. And so I see this cleansing of the people. It began with a conditional covenant. God says, if you return unto me, and put away those strange gods, then I will deliver you. I think the same is true today. If we turn away from those things in our lives, God says, then I will deliver you. So it begins with a conditional covenant. and Notice also a call for help. Because, look, we must confess our sin before we ask God for help. God answered the call as the people began to cry out to him, God answers their their cry to him uh, against their enemies. 1 Samuel 7, look at verse 8. The children of Israel said to Samuel, Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us. So they're asking Samuel to go to God. And they said that God will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. And Samuel took a sucking lamb and offered it for a burnt offering, holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel. And the Lord heard him, and as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel, but the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them, and they were smitten before Israel. So Samuel here is, now. boy, aren't you glad that you don't have to go to somebody else? You can go straight to God today instead of going to Samuel. Uh, I remember growing up thinking to myself, boy, I hope after I left that confessional booth, I, I, I thought... I sure hope that the priest gets my prayer to God. I'm so glad that after I got saved, I realized that I can come boldly before the throne of God myself. I don't have to go to somebody else. There's one mediator between God and man, and that's the man Christ Jesus. But I love this, how in this particular day, listen, the people, they weren't fit. They couldn't step into the presence of God, but guess who could? Samuel could and so they they said listen samuel we need you to get a hold of god we need to get you to get a hold of god's ear and and besiege god on our behalf and the bible says that while samuel was doing that that samuel recognizes he sees the power of god he realized that it was god that had helped them and so what does he do the bible records that he sets up a memorial he, he takes a rock to commemorate the occasion the bible says samuel took a stone and he set it between Mizpah and Shen, and called the name of it Ebenezer. And he says, saying, hitherto hath the Lord helped us. They believe that Ebenezer means stone of help. I, I, there's been times in my life where I, I have, I, I, you know, it, it was a practice in the Old Testament where they would set up, whether it was a stone or maybe a pillar of stones, uh, you know, sometimes the Bible records that they would set those up, that in the days that their children would see that that pile of stones, that they would say, what mean ye by these stones? Hey, listen, I, I, I don't, it's not necessarily setting a stone up, but I think there needs to come times in our lives where we remember when God helped me through this, and God delivered me from this, and, and that way we can go back to those places or we can remember those times that God came through that as we cry out to God, even in our uh, despair, even in our life of sin, that God helped us, that God delivered us. Uh, I know that's probably true in your life, but I see that there, there needs to be this cleansing. Why? Because again, God will only respond to somebody that is, has a pure heart, somebody that is, can approach him because he's a holy God. Is everybody with me this morning? So Samuel, in his day, was that man, and he was trying to help the people understand, look, if you want God to help you, then you need to get right with God. You need to cleanse your life. But notice, thirdly, this morning, there was a concern in Samuel's life, because as time went on, you know the story of the children of Israel. They saw all the neighboring nations around them. Now remember, God had only ever wanted one thing. He wanted to be their God. He said, there should be no other gods before me. But they look around and they see what all these other nations have and they didn't have. Anybody know what that is? What is it? A king. Other nations had a king. We want a king. That's like saying, the world has this, so I want it. Because those nations were not godly, they were godless nations. And they said, well, we want a king just like everyone else. And, and this demand of the people that they wanted a king, that caused great concern in the heart of Samuel. Why? Because Samuel knew that God, that God really w- was to be their king, that they should be following him instead of following some man. And so I see that as this demand comes, look at verse Samuel 8 in your notes there, verse 19. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. Now, listen, was it Samuel's words that they had a problem with, or was it God's words? Because remember, what was Samuel? Samuel was sharing with them the word of God. So really, they weren't refusing. You ever been like that sometimes when I'll talk to somebody about the Lord? I, 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 I saw, went up to this house yesterday had all this this Halloween decor on it, and uh, you know I I'm just like anybody else. I'm kind of prejudging. I'm like you know they're, they're probably not going to answer the door or anything. And this lady answered the door. She was just she was kind of polite when she answered the door. And so I handed her an invitation to our church. Started talking to her a little bit, and uh, and, it's, and and I said, uh, can I ask you a question before I leave? This wasn't right away. It was I'd been there for maybe a minute or two. And, and and she said, sure. And I said, can I ask you this question? Have you thought about where you're going to spend eternity someday? And she says, well, I don't have time to talk about that. I got to go. And you, you know, again, like so many, I used to be like that. We think we don't have time, but eternity is a long time. You're going to spend eternity somewhere. And the Bible says here that Samuel was trying to share with the people what God was saying that they needed in their life, and that was they needed him. And the Bible says they were refusing the word, the voice of Samuel, and they said, nay, but we will have a king over us, that we also may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. So what were the people doing? Notice they refused the hand of the Lord. See, I thought they were refuse, refusing the voice of Samuel. Samuel was, was God's ambassador in that day. He was standing in the place of God. God was using him. So what were they really doing? They were refusing the hand of the Lord. See, when I, when I talk to people about the Lord and people reject what I'm trying to share with them, I learned a long time ago, not to take it personal, because They're not rejecting me, they're rejecting God. And when these people refused to listen to the voice of Samuel, they were really saying, God, I refuse to listen to you. Yesterday we were getting ready to go out, and Brother Chris was sharing a a little uh, challenge with those that that came, and I looked over at my granddaughter. She's, She's so young and so innocent, and her dad's up there talking, and this is what she's doing. A lot of times, remember when you were a kid, you'd do this and you go, ah, I can't hear you, like that. That's kind of what the children of Israel were doing at this time. God, I can't hear you. I don't want to listen to you. I want a man. I want a king. I want to follow a king. I don't want to follow you. So look what it says in 1 Samuel 12. When Jacob was come into Egypt and your fathers cried unto the Lord, then the Lord sent Moses and Aaron, which brought forth your fathers out of Egypt and made them dwell in this place. And when they forgot the Lord their God, you see those words? They forgot the Lord their God. He sold them into the hand of Sisera, captain of the host of Hazor, into the hand of the Philistines and into the hand of the king of Moab, and they fought against them. You know what Samuel was doing? In Look at this, 1 Samuel chapter 12 we started this morning in chapter three, Samuel was reminding the people that God was the source of their deliverance. He was just bringing it back to their memory. Uh, You know, look, if God can save you, can God keep you? Yes or no? Yes. See, what happens is we get to the place where we're self-sufficient. We don't need God anymore. That's the way the children of Israel were, were, and Samuel reminded them that when they forgot the Lord, the Lord sent nations ar- that were around them to discomfit them, and it, it, he would do that, listen, until there was a, a reciclatory pattern that happened in the word of God, and that was this, God would send somebody into their lives to either put them into bondage or to discomfort them until they got right with God, and then God would start to work again. You know, that's what God does in our lives sometimes. He gets our attention. He, he works until we'll listen to him, to where we'll accept his hand, we'll accept his help. But the Bible says the people refused the hand of the Lord in their lives. And notice, secondly, that along with that, their leader, that king that they asked for, Saul replaced the order of the Lord. The Bible records in 1 Samuel chapter number 13, how, remember, remember the story how, how Saul was there, and Saul was waiting for Samuel, and Samuel didn't come kind of like when Moses was on Mount Sinai, and he was waiting and waiting, and what does is, what is, uh, Saul do? Well, God had given him this king, this request, and Saul lacked his trust in, in, in the instructions that God was giving to Samuel, so what does Saul do? He, he replaces the order of the Lord, and he himself, as king, actually performed the priestly duties. He offers a sacrifice. You see, that wasn't for the king. That was for the priest to do that. And and so what is Saul doing here? He's replacing, he's saying, God, I don't want to do things your way. I'm the king, I want to do things my way. I, I think a lot of us have realized there's been some changes, whether good or bad. But I think a lot of us realize that it would be nice to have a president that knows a little bit more about humility to realize that it is god that setteth up god is in control samuel listen samuel was serving god he was speaking for god he was trying to help the people that had gotten away from god to come back to god so what did they do the people instead of saying lord we want you to to lead in our lives they replaced god with a man And then that man decided he was going to do things his way. That's what power, a lot of times, will do for people. And we should learn from Saul's mistake that we need to follow God's orders. Look at 1 Samuel 13, 13. Samuel said unto Saul, Thou hast done foolishly, thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever, but now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. Isn't that sad? Listen, God God allowed Saul to be king, and because he decided to do things his way instead of God's way, God says, I'm going to take that away from you. You see the the loss there. Again, thinking about this in our lives, what can we learn from the lesson today? Well, remember I mentioned the the fact of lighthouses and the purpose of a lighthouse. You think about this. How many of you know that originally the Statue of Liberty served mostly as a lighthouse? That was its its original intention. And when you think of lighthouses, they many times are built in desolate, out-of-the-way places. But what is the purpose of a lighthouse? It is there to withstand the storms and still keep shining its light. What about your life and mine? Storms come, don't they? And if our light is going to continue to shine, then we need to make sure that we are constantly standing the way God would have us to stand, which is the same way that Samuel stood in in the dark days of his life and in the time of Israel and and in the history of Israel. Throughout Samuel's journey of faith, what was God doing? Preparing him to use him. And that's what God was doing. He was using him as a lighthouse in his dark world, a world that was wicked, a world that, listen, like Eli and so many others, were turning a, a blind eye to sin. God says, listen, I've given you my word you know what God wants us to do? He wants us to obey it, to follow it, and not choose to do things our way. There's a lot we can learn from this lesson, but I love the fact that Samuel stood in his day, and it wasn't a popular thing, but listen, God's word is always right, and we need to make sure that we're always telling people what thus saith the Lord. Hannah had no idea what her son that God would give her would become. And I'm going to tell you something this morning, no matter what your background, you have no idea what God can do with your life, but if you keep your life right with God and you do what God has given you to do, that is to serve him and to speak for him, there's no limit to what God can do through our lives. Let's pray. Lord, thank you this morning for great examples of faith that you have given in your word and today we look at a little child that you gave to a barren mother and God how you took him and prepared him and used him we still live in a world that is bent on going away from you instead of following you instead of allowing you to be who you are and Lord I pray today that you would help us that you would wake us up spiritually Lord, if there's something in our life that ought not to be there, that you would help us to get that out of our life, to be right with you so that we can stand in our day and we can speak and serve you. Thank you again for great examples. Help us in our journey of faith. In Jesus' name we pray.